0: Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. You're listening to episode 25 of the Sustainable Minimalists Podcast.
1: You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian.
0: Hello there, and thank you for joining me. Today, we are talking about two ginormous topics. We're talking first about the pressures we may or may not feel with regard to fulfilling others' expectations and, quote, keeping up with the Joneses. That is to say, being part of the rat race so as to compete with everyone else. Now, keeping up with the Joneses often comes up with regard to purchasing Bigger, newer, flashier stuff, right? The new car, a summer home, all these things we're told we need by our peers and in the case of today's guests, perhaps even your parents. So today my guest and I explore exactly what it's like, the real nitty gritty behind consciously and thoughtfully exiting that rat race. We're also talking today about minimalism as it applies to finances. Now, I know I've said before, and you'll hear me say again on today's episode, that I define minimalism as removing anything in life that doesn't serve you. My guest today, along with her husband, successfully removed financial obstacles so that they could live a life that's in line with their values, not the Joneses' values. When it comes to money, the big problem is that there never seems to be enough, right? Finances are often the single thing holding people back from living their best lives. And today's guest has some solid wisdom for how she, and therefore how you, can minimize financial obligations so as to live the life you actually want to lead. Today I'm speaking with Allie Owen, and she has a pretty dramatic story. She and her husband have made some major changes to their lives, and I think hearing them will cause your jaw to drop. But what I love about Allie is that she made these big changes thoughtfully and incrementally. If, as you listen to her story today, you find yourself thinking, oh, heck no, no way, that's impossible, not for me. I encourage you to take the little nuggets of wisdom that Allie imparts and apply them to your minimalist journey wherever possible. Now, Allie offers a ton of resources in today's episode, and as I do every week, I will link to them in the show notes. You can find this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero two five minimalist.com forward slash 025. And while you're there, go on and sign up for the free minimalist challenge that we have going on right now. A quick little side note is if as you listen to my interview with Allie today, you hear a little bit of meowing, you are not hearing things. My cat does make an appearance. Her name is Isabel. Hello. All right, there you go. Enjoy my talk with Ali. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, you have quite an interesting story, so why don't we start there? Tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself and the big life changes you've
1: accomplished. So my husband and I, we both were engineers by school and we ended up in the oil industry, um, which is not <laughs> really aligned with our values. So we found out um, about three years ago, we found that out. And so over the past three years, we've been saving about 70% of our income. And we just that just enabled us to quit our jobs and sell everything that we own pretty much and can we're converting a sprinter van into a camper van and uh, move into that and live out of that full time so it's been a really crazy couple months these past months cuz we just quit our jobs in April and we're finishing up the van and about to take off this month next week wow that i mean there's so many amazing things there to talk about
0: <laughs> but this podcast is all about minimalism and Minimalism is often synonymous with decluttering and tidying. But part of what this podcast is about is applying minimalism to all aspects of life, including your finances. So maybe you can walk me through how on earth did you save 70%
1: of your income? I actually discovered this blog called Mr. Money Mustache. And it's, it's hilarious. He's like, He's, he's all about finances and just minimizing like how ridiculous people, people in America, how they spend all their money and how we're the wealthiest country in the world. And, you know, he can't believe that like we're still in debt and we still have, um, you know, it's because we drive all these big SUVs and, you know, we just, we just try to keep up with the next door neighbors. So we have to always have the next big thing. And so he really changed our, really opened our eyes up to this idea that, um, that what everyone else is doing with their money isn't what we want to do and that isn't aligned with our values. And so we we were very fortunate and um to be making high salaries. So saving 70% of our income, like it, it sounds like a, a huge, huge number, but it really didn't feel like a sacrifice. Like we really were just living like normal people and we weren't letting our salaries inflate our lifestyle like most people do. And so that just involved some really strategic planning on on where we spend our money. And my husband and I both got on the same page financially from the beginning. And so even when we were just dating, we were doing monthly budget reviews where we would go over the previous month's budget and review how things made us feel that we spent money on. If I spent money on Starbucks, did I actually feel like that was aligned with who I want to be or with our values. And a lot of times things we spent money on, we were like, no, you know, that, that didn't bring me that much joy. It wasn't really worth it. And we realized that the things that brought us joy and the things that we, we wanted to do more of were experiences. Like we're being out in nature, we're um, traveling and, and just having these experiences were way more meaningful to us and created more joy in our lives than buying more things. Right. Well, you said a couple of really important things that I want to touch on. And the first
0: one is that you and your husband were both fortunate to be making high or high-ish salaries in the oil industry. And I can hear the naysayers (laughs) through the airwaves saying, well, that's great for them. Living on 30% of my income would never work because my income is so small. What would you say to them?
1: So I would say I I understand. I totally I totally get that feeling of being like, well, they can do it, but I can't. But really I think that that mindset is just limiting them from actually achieving their goals. And if doing something like we're doing is really aligned with who they are, then I think we're we're living in America, like we have. We're in the land of opportunities, and okay, so right now you don't make a high enough salary, but there are so many opportunities for you to create extra income on the side. I would I would say I I totally understand that, and but I also think that that mindset is is just limiting you from achieving you know what you actually want to do.
0: Another thing you mentioned was that. Working in the oil industry wasn't aligned with your values. You used the word values. And uh, a major tenet of minimalism is removing what's holding you back so that you can live your best life. And I, I often refer to this aspect of minimalism as the experiential portion, because when you minimize what's holding you back, in your case, it was the job and the stuff you owned. If you minimize that stuff, then you're outliving, you're not cleaning, you're not fulfilling obligations that bring you no joy. And what's interesting to me about your story is that you minimized your financial situation first, and then your stuff. So I guess my question here is, what have you gained by intentionally living with less?
1: I've gained freedom. I think that's the biggest thing is the freedom to be able to do this and to be able to um, have the – I think it's the confidence also. Um, because when you have all this stuff and you have debt and you have you know a lifestyle that you are – required to feel obligated to maintain, it doesn't give you much freedom in life to be able to do something like quit your job and and travel or you know start that business. It doesn't create the space in your life to be able to do that. By minimizing your things, you create space in your life and freedom for you to do things that are actually bring you joy and are actually aligned with who you want to be and where you're going in life.
0: Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Now I really need to ask you the, like the nitty gritty of quitting your jobs and selling your stuff. Like that is huge. How on earth did, (laughs) let's just start with quitting your job. How on earth did you take that gigantic leap?
1: Oh my gosh. It was very emotional. (laughs) And just like selling all of our stuff was very emotional. Um, but I think I just, both my husband and I just took baby steps to get there. And so we told ourselves, you know, we're going to quit our jobs in May and, or we're going to leave in May. And we told ourselves that a year ago. And then slowly we kind of were like, okay, we're going to tell our bosses in, you know, February to give them time. And just like taking it step by step, um, kind of took the overwhelm out of it and, and took the, I think it's really easy to just like freeze and, or and also it's really easy to think you'll you'll never have, you know, you'll never be able to make that salary again or you'll you know this is me my boss told me that I was ruining my career and so there's a lot of external expectations and 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 fears that come out when you make a big leap like this but I think the question that we kept asking ourselves was you know do we trust ourselves enough to be able to make money again should we need to make money um, while we're on the road, and do we do we believe in this vision and and you know this dream for our lives enough to make the jump? And have we prepared adequately? Which the question kept saying yes because right. we're both engineers and we have spreadsheets upon spreadsheets <laughs> that you know show projections and calculations should this occurrence happen. And so I think all of those gave us the the confidence to leave. I think. The thing that was most surprising to me was how emotional it was selling our things and and, and releasing that. Like When we were at the garage sale, we, we just felt like, you know, you're selling your possessions for 25 cents on the dollar or not even maybe a, a penny on the dollar <laughs> and to what you spent on it. And being able to mentally be like, that's okay. You know, those things like are no longer bringing me joy. Why do I want to hold on to it? Because I think it's worth more than I'm able to sell it for. To someone else, it's only worth that. And what does that even mean to me? Did the process of
0: selling your stuff teach you any life lessons about the importance or non-importance
1: of stuff? Yeah, I think as, as Matt and I kept saying the whole time we were there, we were at the garage sale. We were like, we are never having this again. Like, because we are never going to allow ourselves to accumulate this much stuff again. (laughs) And then as we tell people that in our lives, they're like, oh no, you'll accumulate it again. Like, no, you'll, because I think living with intentionality, being a minimalist is being intentional about not accumulating things. And most people in life don't live with intention. They just live with, you know, what, what they think is the next step or, you know, they just do what everyone else is doing. And so- I think really being conscious and intentional going forward about all the things that we accumulate, even more than we already have in the past, will definitely will definitely happen.
0: <laughs> Allie, I have no idea how old you are. I have a, I have like a guess in my head. I'll leave it to myself, but my um, perception of you is that you are much older than your age. You have a wisdom about you, and you've learned these universal truths that it takes most people their entire lives to realize if they ever realize them at all. So there's no question there. It's just more of a compliment to you. And, you know, you are deliberately and intentionally not keeping up with the Joneses. What's that like? Like, What do your families say? And what do your friends say? Do you receive any pushback?
1: definitely. <laughs> so, uh I will share our age because uh we share it all on the blog. Matt and I are both 28 and um yeah, I think not keeping up with the Joneses has has been harder than we expected. Um because it's it's only once you do something that's different then people really show their true colors, I guess, because or their true values. Um, so yeah, I I think in my in my close family they're really high earners and so they kind of expected that i would need to be a high a really high earner for the rest of my life to support my lifestyle and what i tried to explain to them and and so whenever i quit my job they were very concerned because you know in their perception of reality like they have to earn x amount of money But like for us having these jobs that don't feel aligned with our values and having a lifestyle that enables us to have the freedom to leave them, it's, it just, it's kind of a no brainer. It's, it's, it's like, why would we keep doing these jobs that don't bring us joy when we don't have to? And so I tried to explain it from a heart perspective and, and explain it logistically to, to family members that don't support or that didn't understand, I think it's really about understanding um, because a lot of people will just put projections on how you think you're, how they think you're supposed to live your life. And, you know, once you explain to them that, no, this is not, I don't need a six figure income to live my life and to do things that are important to me. Then they kind of take a step back and they're like, okay, like, you know, that's weird, but (laughs) you can do you. (laughs) I wonder if part of it is also uh,
0: the dissonance that your family and friends may feel when they see you deliberately exiting the the perceived life script that you're supposed to follow, right? Because if you're saying adios to what you're quote unquote supposed to do, that Mm -hmm. by default often makes people look at their own life choices and see the discrepancies Mm -hmm. and face what's not working. So I wonder if there, there's my cat. (laughs) I wonder if their criticisms have more to do with their own introspection as opposed to your choices.
1: Absolutely. And I think it, it almost threatens them. It threatens their lifestyle in a way, because exactly that's what they've been doing their whole life. And that's all they've known. And then they're like, oh my gosh, wait, she's doing something different. Does that mean I should like have thought about what I'm doing, what I've done with my life? Right. You know, it's like, yeah. Does that mean I did it all wrong? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's get back to the financial portion because I can bet that there are some people listening today who would love to sell all their stuff and live in a van. But the one thing that's holding them back is their financial situation, right? Like how many times have you heard, if only I had more money? Because it's true. Finances are often the thing that holds people back from living their best life. Yeah, Let's talk about that. What first steps do you suggest for anybody looking to tidy
1: up their finances? So I would recommend getting really honest with yourself about where you're spending your money. Because I think most people think, oh, I'm spending $3,000 a month. And they actually, we look at their past expenses and they're spending $5,000 a month. And they don't they don't know where that extra $2,000 is going. And it's going, you know, they're kind of 5 dollars themselves to death by going to Starbucks or, you know, going on Amazon and shopping for things. So I think get really brutally honest with yourself and sit down and track mint.com is, is where we track all of our stuff and get really honest with yourself about where your money is going. And once you've had that face-to-face with yourself, then get really clear on on what is bringing value to your life so that netflix subscription even though it's only 10 dollars a month do you really need that if if is that bringing you so much joy that you feel like yes you need that okay then keep it but if it, are, there are probably things in your life that you're not even you know using that you have monthly subscriptions for and that that you that you spend money on could you rent out that extra room that you have that you know only guests use once a year once you really get clear on on where you are and where you want to be, then the path from getting to where you are to where you want to be will start showing up for you. And it's gonna look differently for different people because we all have different life circumstances. Um, But once you tell the universe that you want this, then I think your eyes become open to the opportunities to create that. Okay, so I hear you
0: saying, Make a vision for what Mm -hmm. you want your future to look like. It doesn't necessarily have to be traveling in a van. (laughs) Uh, Tracking your expenses and really getting brutally honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you said that, it made me think about the Hulu subscription that I'm keeping Mm -hmm. solely so that I can watch The Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) I don't have it for any other reason, but that's, I think I'm paying $11 a month for the Handmaid's Tale. That might be somewhere that I can minimize. And the third is to notice opportunities to get you toward your vision.
1: One of my my friend bloggers, the Financial Panther, he does this side hustle report every month that shows you shows anyone that you can make extra money. So if you know, going back to that income question that you had, he he makes he works a full time job. And he makes an extra $1,000 to $2,000 a month just doing these side hustles through these apps um, like Rover. Rover's like a dog sitting app. And then there's Wag, which is like a dog walking app. So if, you know, every day during his lunch, he'll turn on the app and he'll get to go walk a dog and make some extra money on on that. And, and that's aligned with his values because he wants to get outside anyways at lunch. And then he brings in some extra income. So that's just an idea also to, to keep in mind. I'll link to those resources in the show notes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like
0: to add in terms of tidying up your finances?
1: I think, yeah, well, I think also getting clear with your partner is really valuable because – I think um it's hard as a couple that, that to get on the same page financially and and get really honest with each other because it's a really vulnerable and sometimes scary subject to broach with your partner because we all have money you know we all have have money stories from our childhood or from our past and that we bring into this relationship and sometimes it's just like easier to not talk about money with your partner and just like pretend mm-hmm. everything's great and it's fine. But just like with anything in life, you know, nothing, nothing heals and nothing becomes better when you just ignore it. And so I encourage anyone who is in a relationship that, that they don't talk about money to, to just consider having that discussion. And, you know, if I, I know s- some people, it, it can be a really scary topic to broach, but I, I do believe it's worth it and you know I think coming at it from a not a place of of judgment of how your partner's spending their money coming at it from a place of positivity will create a healthy financial relational environment
0: I will say that in my marriage the money talks are always awkward and they they don't always go well but my husband and I have gotten in the habit of having check-ins every two weeks. We just It doesn't have to be a long conversation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be drawn out. We don't have to place blame. But we do check in with each other on where the money yeah. is going and whether they're going to things we need, genuinely need, or whether they are just wants, like my Starbucks coffee. That's a want, really. I want to do a complete pivot and talk about your van and your future plans. What are you going to do in your van? Where are you going? And what are you looking forward to most?
1: So we don't really have a specific plan with the van right now. We first have a family reunion on the East Coast. So we have to finish the van next week because we have to leave (laughs) for that family reunion. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really – didn't want to set a certain plan or set specific goals of like, we have to go to 50 states. We, we really wanted to let go of the haves and the shoulds and just kind of see where life takes us and where we want to be at the time. And I think we'll just be really chasing good weather and chasing where nature calls and where hiking is. And thankfully we've built our camper to be pretty much off grid. And so we have solar panels and batteries to be able to sustain us for about a week. Basically, we're just limited by food and water. And so we'll be able to go off and go into nature. And just really, I think we've struggled a lot in our jobs, being constrained to being at a desk for a specific amount of time every day. And our mental health has struck, has suffered, and we're just really looking forward to getting out in nature more and just creating our lives on our schedules. That's amazing. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Where can my listeners get more of you? So our van has an Instagram, which I've been posting mostly there. uh, So our van is a huge and well, it's not huge. It's it's but it's red. And we named it Clifford, the big red van after the famous children's book series. So our van is Clifford, the van and our blog where we actually we're this year we're doing a thirty thousand dollar a year challenge where we aim to only spend thirty thousand dollars. And you can see how that's going over at ownyourfuture dot com. And we also are gonna are documenting our conversion journey and sharing exactly how much everything costs us on the journey to converting the van and um, going off on the road. So yeah.
0: I showed my four-year-old your Instagram, and she just mm-hmm. absolutely loves the name of your van, Clifford. So <laughs> we will be following along with your journey as you yeah. travel the country. And thank you. I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And I want to reiterate what I said before, which was that you've learned some life lessons that some people never learn. So a deep bow to
1: you, and well done. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me on. This was really fun. Keep in touch. Take care. You will do.
0: There you have it. I hope Allie's story enables you to look at your own life and determine whether you are living in line with your values. And if the answer is no, I hope Allie has given you the courage to reassess what's working as well as what isn't. Now, I have so many resources in today's show notes. I got that Mr. Money Mustache blog. I've got a link to the Clifford the Van Instagram. I've got those and so many more things in today's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 025. That's minimalist.com forward slash 025. Now, as I try to do every week, I love to give a little preview of what's to come next week. Next week, my guest and I are diving into the research that finds a positive correlation between clutter and anxiety, as well as the relationship between clutter and depression. My guest next week not only explains the data, but also tells us what we can do about it. I will see you then. Take care.